listener production. From next week, Australians suffering from PTSD or depression will have access to two new drugs, MDMA, which is the active ingredient in ecstasy, and psilocybin, the main ingredient in magic mushrooms. We see that trajectory of growth of psychedelics following in a similar way that um, medicinal cannabis did in Australia. Yeah, so in this episode, we're going to meet the man bringing these drugs to Australia and why he thinks the psychedelic market could be even bigger than the medicinal cannabis market. That is our briefing in this episode. First, here are the headlines. It is Tuesday, the 27th of June, and I'm joined by Katrina Blowers. Okay, there's a lot of fresh news out of Russia this morning. The Wagner militia leader Yevgeny Prigozhin has spoken for the first time since his weekend uprising. So that was an audio message published on the Telegram app where he's saying that he wasn't trying to overthrow the government. It was a protest at the Russian military failures in Ukraine. Uh, here's a bit of a translated quote. The purpose of the march was to prevent the destruction of PMC Wagner and to bring to justice those who, through their unprofessional actions, made a huge number of mistakes during the special military operation. Uh, and Tom, just moments ago, Vladimir Putin has Mm. also made a statement. Yeah, so Vladimir Putin has responded saying organisers of the rebellion will be brought to justice. This is criminal activity which is aimed at weakening the country. So he pointed the message at the rebellion leaders but said the troops themselves are Russian patriots and they're still welcome to join the Russian military. Otherwise, they can stay in Belarus. So this is a very significant statement from Putin because previously it was understood that Prigozhin and his forces were allowed to retreat peacefully to Belarus and would not be prosecuted for the uprising over the weekend. But now we're hearing a much stronger message from Vladimir Putin, which makes sense, I think, Katrina, because this was a massive hit to his authority. And unless he was seen to crack down on this dissent, it was basically an acknowledgement that he lost control of at least the military if not, you know, a wider sense of losing control over the country. Yeah, a lot of people were wondering how Putin was going to save face throughout all of Mm. this. Interesting too that this statement, many people are saying it it definitely appears to be um, pre-recorded, pre-arranged. So yeah, I'm sure a lot of um, minds were put together to see how Putin could kind of get out of this without a lot of egg on his face. And Guy Sebastian's former manager, Titus Day, will be released from jail. So this has been quite a saga. Um, Seven months ago, he was jailed for embezzling more than $650,000 from Guy Sebastian. Uh, He was sentenced to up to four years, as well as being ordered to repay the money. But yesterday, the New South Wales Court of Appeal found a miscarriage of justice in relation to the Crown's closing address in the trial. So he might get a retrial now, but in the meantime, he's back out on bail. Virgin Galactic has announced the date and the crew for its first commercial space flight. The historic Galactic Zero One mission will blast off in two days' time. It's going to have a three-person crew on board from the Italian Air Force. I've just looked at their pictures. They all look like very swashbuckling gents, and they're going to be using the 90-minute flight to conduct a series of experiments looking at how microgravity affects the human body. The whole flight's going to be live-streamed. Um, if this is successful... 
Virgin Galactic, I guess, could soon start competing with other companies offering commercial passenger flights into space like SpaceX and uh, that Jeff Bezos-owned Blue Origin. And they're also thinking that they're going to start doing monthly space flights. That's, that's pretty big news. Yeah, wow. I mean... There's just these little developments that keep happening in this space. But over time, we might look back on this period as an explosion of um, space travel that, you know, paved the way for regular people being able to go into outer space. Mm. And after an eight-year wait, the women's ashes has ended in a win for the Australian team. I wouldn't have dreamt of it, to be honest. Um, But I guess it just shows having five days in the test match to actually um, get a result is super important. So that's Ash Gardner who steered the Aussies to an 89-run victory over England and she's the first Australian woman to take eight wickets in an innings. (laughs) Basically bowled them out (laughs) on her own, 12 wickets in a match. Wow, that is incredible. Aussie cricketers are killing it at the moment in England. Oh, can you imagine the celebrations after this? And and so well deserved. It's, um, yeah, it's super huge. All right. In just a moment, Jan Fran is bringing you this really interesting interview about MDMA and psilocybin. Rodney Cox is an interesting man. He is a war veteran who served in Iraq and Afghanistan, among other places. He rescued injured people during the 2002 Bali bombing because he just happened to be in Bali on holiday. Right now, he runs Vitura Health. It's a medicinal cannabis business, a pretty big one at that, but he has decided to pivot to psychedelics. So he aims to be Australia's lead supplier of psychedelics for research and therapeutic use. Rodney, welcome to The Briefing. Talk us through, firstly, what made you want to get into the medicinal cannabis business? Thanks, Jan, and good morning. The medicinal cannabis business uh, evolved from legislative change back in 2016, and myself and some business school colleagues in the US uh, and, and in Canada saw an opportunity to joint venture a company here in Australia with changes that already occurred in Canada and we set out to be a participant in really building a brand new industry here in Australia, which was very, very small at that initial time in 2017-2018. We floated the company in 2019 and has grown significantly since that time. And I mentioned that as well because as we think about psychedelics and the discussion this morning, we see that trajectory of growth of psychedelics following in a similar way that um, medicinal cannabis did in Australia, where there were early adopters in terms of prescribers, early adopters in terms of patients. And those patient stories would resonate in in, in their friends and families and, and groups they were online particularly, and also with the clinicians that are seeing very positive patient outcomes. And I think we'll see similar dynamics with MDMA and psilocybin here in Australia. Mm, So it makes sense to pivot, I guess, firstly, because they're now being used in a therapeutic setting. And as you say, you see a great potential for growth. But I'm just curious, did your experience as a war vet factor into the decision-making to move into psychedelics at all, given that they treat conditions that a lot of war veterans suffer from? Absolutely. We are an ASX-listed company and clearly we have to deliver for our shareholders. But but that's one side of the coin. I think the other side of the coin for us is we are focused on getting these therapies in the hands of some of the most vulnerable in our society, whether that be 
uh, veterans, veterans I know who served in places like Iraq, Afghanistan, East Timor, who are suffering and suffering uh, significantly from post-traumatic stress disorder. But the, the story doesn't stop there. You think about um, medicos, you think about first responders, police, fire, ambulance and the like. And then you go to the the use case, which has been approved for uh, psilocybin, um, treatment-resistant um, depression, where these patients have been suffering depression for extended periods of time, have, has failed with, with um, conventional therapies and now have the ability to access these psychedelics to treat their suffering. Okay, so talk us through what you are doing, because these drugs are not being manufactured in Australia. You've signed a deal with a Canadian pharmaceutical company, Pharmala Biotech. How are you going to get the drugs from there to here? Talk us through that process. So we've got deep experience in unregistered medicines, which is what medicinal cannabis is, um, and we believe that's directly relevant to psychedelics. You are right. They're not being manufactured here in Australia. The initial market entry, the rollout for our business here in Australia will be an import model. And as you can imagine, the relatively small amounts are required because that, that is what small amounts are used when administering to patients. But there is a lot of complexity with the export from Canada. They are manufactured in Canada. They'll be exported there under federal export permits. They'll be imported into Australia under federal import permits, stored in a very controlled, secure way. So there's complexity there. What we're looking to do in the fullness of time is with under our JV, we have the ability to bring that IP, bring that those manufacturing principles and know-how here to Australia under what is called GMP or good manufacturing practices, which is a pharmaceutical standard of um, manufacturing. And we'll be able to actually manufacture here in Australia. And hopefully for those that are accessing these therapies, reduce the cost. Mm. And so who then are you selling to? So you've managed to get the right drugs from Canada to Australia. Who is buying them from you? In that chain, the psychiatrist plays a key role. Um, and noting that the, those changes that were announced by the TGA back in February uh, really put the psychiatrist at the centre of administration and, and dosing of these therapies. Our customer is actually the psychiatrist. Um, they would be deemed an authorised prescriber by a by HREC, by a panel of experts, which would allow them to receipt those drugs from us and administer them to the patient. In a, in a very controlled setting. This is not something you're going down to, to chemist warehouse to buy. Absolutely not. This is very controlled. This is done in a way which is um, uh, the, the psychiatrist as a specialist plays that central role in the handling and the administration of these therapies. Mm. So from the point of view of somebody who might be listening, who has you know, PTSD or who suffers from depression, who wants to be part of something like this, how Mm. do the drugs get to those people? Mm. Typically what will happen is that patient will talk to their primary healthcare provider, typically a general practitioner, a GP. That GP will um, will seek out which psychiatrists have become authorised prescribers for these therapies in Australia and then provide a referral to them. And then, then I would believe that that patient would go and talk about uh, a potential treatment with that psychiatrist. That can only happen from the 1st of July. Obviously, that's a Saturday. So the, the 3rd of July is effectively when these, um, when these changes will be made to the, uh, to the regulations to allow for that. 
However, noting that I've mentioned that that authorization or what they call authorized prescribers, that process can't start until the 3rd of July. So we believe what well, we'll be ready to supply them, but well, we believe there'll be a, a lag of weeks, months potentially until they're authorized and, and, if, and all the paperwork is complete. Mm. I think it is pretty important to note that this stuff requires a number of, I suppose, hurdles that people need to jump through to get the right drug to them in the right setting. So as you say, it's not a matter of just heading down to Chemist Warehouse come July 3rd and saying, oh, I'd like these drugs. It's a very, very particular setting that they're going to be administered in. Absolutely, Jen. And I think it goes to the core of what we do as a company in terms of compliance and safety and patient safety is is, is top of mind in everything we do. Uh, and I know that mirrors the the TGA's outlook on um, these therapies, not both medicinal cannabis and 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 um, and psychedelics. Mm. And um, you know, we want to be at the forefront of ensuring um, patient safety and compliance with the regulations. Rodney, for a really long time, the idea of having MDMA and psilocybin used to treat conditions like this, it seemed a real way off. You know, there was a lot of kind of fear and loathing around these drugs. And recently we've embraced them a little bit more as therapeutic drugs and we've poured quite a bit of money into research and development. Why do you think that change has come about in recent years? I think that mental health, um, whether it's COVID, whether it's other triggers over, say, the last decade, but it's also, uh, I think, a focus on certain patient segments, whether they be veterans, whether they be first responders, whether they be those that are suffering treatment-resistant depression. And I think that has caused um, clinicians, regulators to look more broadly at treatment options. And I think that psychedelics, while it's been on people's radars for quite some time, encouraging results out of North America, where we are seeing patients uh, you know, go through these treatment regimes and coming out cured of what they're suffering uh, in terms of PTSD or treatment-resistant depression. And, and certainly the, the research has been very positive in the outcomes that they've um, received as a patient cohort. And those results linked with that context has allowed regulators to take that bold step to say, right, we need to look elsewhere and that we need to put other tools in the arsenal of, uh, of treating mental health. And we applaud the uh, the TGA for taking that step. Mm. You've seen the growth of medicinal cannabis sort of at the forefront of that. Not that we want to speculate, but I think we can make an informed look forward. Where do you see this business opportunity going and, and where do you see these drugs going in terms of growth in Australia? Are you buoyed about it? I think there's large patient cohorts here in Australia for those two approved conditions, PTSD or treatment-resistant depression. What I think we'll see, and we can learn a lot of lessons from the medicinal cannabis industry and its growth in Australia, is in those early days, these were very, very small patient numbers. Uh, 2,000 patients, I think, was the number uh, around the time. That was cumulative patients in Australia who were um, receiving treatment by medicinal cannabis. Just to give you an, uh, an example, uh, yesterday we would have shipped more than 5,000 products from our distribution centers alone yesterday. And I think that's a, a similar trajectory of starting small and then and then growing that we'll, I think we'll see with the uh, psychedelic industry here in Australia. The catalyst for that growth will be around those patient stories. It's the veteran who receives treatment in that early wave of, of, of patients that will um, engage with psychiatrists and receive it, that then goes back 
talks to his mates that are also suffering, is on online forums, talks about it there. Those patient stories get Mm. out there. Likewise, on the clinician side, that we're going to see those stories being told, the patient outcomes, those positive patient outcomes, those clinicians will start talking about it. So that early prescribing cohort of authorized prescribers of psychiatrists will then have the confidence to go and talk to their colleagues. They'll be talking at professional conferences. That will take months, that will take years, but you know, we believe that um, there are large patient cohorts in Australia and we believe that um, these therapies can assist them. All right, Rodney Cox, thanks so much for joining us on The Briefing. Thanks, Jen. That was Rodney Cox, the CEO of Vitura Health, a company bringing psilocybin and MDMA to Australia to be used in therapeutic settings come July 1st. This is a very fledgling space. And I think you heard there, Rodney reckons, great potential for growth. Slow growth, but growth nonetheless. Listener.